0: Forming the anointing of the sick in a strident voice. The bearded friar, whom I guessed to be the brother infirmarian, raised his eyes as we entered, glancing from me to the young messenger and back. Is this the man? Before I could reply, he gestured to the bed. He has been asking for you. They brought him here no more than a half hour past. Your name is the only word he has spoken. To tell the truth, it is a miracle he can form speech at all. He is barely clinging to this world. The other friar broke off from his right to look at me. One of the brothers thought he remembered an Italian called Bruno, who came to use the library. His voice was coldly polite, but his expression made clear that he was not pleased by the interruption. Do you know this poor wretch then? He stepped back so that I could see the prone figure. I could not stop myself crying out at the sight. Jesus Christo! Paul! But it seemed impossible that he could hear me. His eyes were closed, though his right was so swollen and blooded that he could not have opened it, even if he had been conscious. Above his temple, his skull had been half staved in by a heavy blow, a stone, perhaps, or a club. It was a wonder the force had not killed him outright. The infirmarian had attempted to clean the worst of it, but the priest's skin was greenish. The right side of his head thickly matted with blood drying to black around the soaked cloth they had pressed over the wound. Beneath it, I saw a white gleam of bone. His name is Paul Lefebvre. I heard the tremor in my voice. He's the cure at Saint-Severin. Thought I knew his face. The one with the dark hair and the crucifix nodded at his colleague, as if he had won a private wager. I've heard him preach. Bit of fire and brimstone, isn't he? One of those priests that's bought and paid for by the League. From the corner of my eye, I caught the infirmarian sending him a quick glance a minute shake of the head that I was not supposed to see. I understood. It was unwise to express political opinions in front of strangers these days. You never knew where your words might be repeated. Can anything be done for him? I asked. The infirmarian pressed his lips together and lowered his eyes. I fear not except to send his soul more peacefully to our lord. Frere Alberic was already giving the sacrament. But if it is any comfort, I do not think he feels pain at this stage. I gave him a draft to ease it. Did anyone see anything? Whoever found him? Do they know who did this? The dark-haired friar named Alberic made a small noise that might have been laughter. I don't think you need look much further than the Louvre Palace. I stared at him. No, the king. I was going to say the king would not have had a priest killed just because that priest insulted him from the pulpit. But the words dried in my mouth. I had not seen the king for three years. Who knew what he might be capable of in his present troubles? and even the king lacked the temperament to strike at an enemy from behind. His mother certainly did not. I wondered what Paul had been doing in this part of town. Had he been on his way to see me when he was ambushed? A worrying thought occurred. Did he have any letters on him? Would you ask? Frere Alberic? jerked his head up, his voice unexpectedly sharp. I only wondered if he was carrying anything that might suggest why he was attacked. Papers, valuables, that sort of thing. I kept my tone mild, but he continued to fix me with the same aggressive stare. His skin had an unpleasant sheen, as if his face were damp with sweat. It gave him a disturbingly amphibious quality. He had nothing about his person when he was brought here, the infirmarian said, just the clothes he was wearing. Robbed one presumes, Albrecht declared. All kinds of lawless types you get, loitering outside the city walls, waiting for traders coming.